Step into the hidden corridors of the past with Hometown History, where every episode uncovers the untold stories and secrets nestled in the streets and alleys of our own backyards. We bring history to life, revealing the extraordinary in the ordinary, from local legends to forgotten tales that shape the communities we know today. Tune into Hometown History and embark on a journey through time, right from where you are. Soundsington Media! Hello! If you're listening to the show, I can only guess that, like the Unspookable team, you too are a big fan of mysteries. Mysteries like, does the Loch Ness Monster exist? Is there such a thing as ghosts? Or has it ever rained meat? What? Does that say rained meat? I'm Elise Parisian. And we're going to have to dig into that last one on this episode of Unspookable. I'm excited this week to have more of the Unspookable team joining us. Ellie and Nate, the head writer and producer of the show. Hello, you two. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Hey. So are you two excited about today's topic? Yes. Absolutely. I'm a little bit obsessed about this one. <laughs> All right. Well, then without further ado, let's welcome someone that might know a little more about it. The host of the podcast, The Past and the Curious, Mick Sullivan, to the show. Welcome, Mick. Hey, I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. We're really big fans of The Past and the Curious. But for folks that haven't listened to it yet, can you tell us what the show is about? Yes, absolutely. The Past and the Curious is uh, it's a family focused history show. Um, we really explore a lot of untold stories or kind of off the beaten path stories or people from history that you might not have been exposed to yet. And we do it in a really fun, really respectful, often humorous way with a lot of music and all sorts of fun stuff. I've been doing it for six years. It's uh, I'm not afraid to say it's pretty great. So we know that you have a bit of expertise on today's topic. So let's jump in. Has it ever rained meat? Yes. Yes, it has rained meat. <laughs> um <laughs> I know it sounds so weird and so absurd to say, uh, but it has. Um, I live in Kentucky. Uh, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. And a few hours away is a place called Olympia Springs, which is in Bath County, Kentucky. It's really closer to Lexington. Uh, and one day, uh, it was March 3rd, actually, of 1876, chunks of meat started falling from the sky. And it's captured my imagination and I think a lot of other people's imaginations for uh, years now, uh, personally speaking, and there's no real explanation for it, which is what's so amazing and why I'm in love with the story. It's making me hungry and I have to hear more. Well, uh, you're not alone because some people did eat it. Uh, I guess let's start at the start, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first off, if you want to check my sources, feel free. There are actual newspaper articles from the New York Times, New York Herald, like from the time period. Scientific America covered this. I know it's so hard to believe, but uh, there, there are plenty of sources about it. And essentially what happened is uh, at a farm that was owned by the Crouches, uh, a, a husband and wife who were grandparents. They're, I think their grandson was actually um, with them when it happened. It was midday 
fine day outside, no, no rain clouds in the sky. Chunks of meat started falling from the sky. And they, according to the reports, covered uh, an area roughly the size of a football field, which was a ton of meat, right? And in the years, well, not in the years, just in the days after that, like people were trying to come up with answers. And Nate, some several people did taste the meat. There, there was one guy who had been a trapper out West. And so he was like, I've tasted every kind of meat there ever was. And so he like ate it and was like, that's bear meat. <laughs> it's like, how did bear get up in the sky? <laughs> but other people were trying to be a little bit more scientific about it. So some pieces were packaged up and sent to scientists of the day all over the country. Uh, and uh, the thing is, it was 1876. So there weren't a lot of resources available for scientists to come to a conclusion. And in the many years that have gone on since then, 140 something, almost all of the meat has, you know, kind of disappeared. Like, I guess some people ate it. A lot of it was just kind of discarded. It probably <laughs> rotted in the field in some cases. So it's this mystery is this thing that happened. It's very well documented, but it's very unlikely that we're ever going to get an answer, which is why it's awesome. We'll, we'll never know. Science is probably not going to solve this problem for us. Well, I'm sure the professionals have a lot of theories, but I would love to hear from the unspookable team without knowing too much. What do you think happened? Okay, somehow I'm going I'm going off the bear. I'm going off the bear theory. What if a bear was was swept up in a tornado and then it was blasted to chunks somewhere above the farm and then it rained those chunks? It's wholly possible. Nothing's off the table. My free jazz band in college was named Bear Chunks. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I have I have your album. I also was imagining a tornado, but in my mind, when I picture the meat that rained down, I picture it like in like grocery store packaging, but that like <laughs> like the trapper who's tasted bear meat, right? Like his store shed got swept up in a tornado and all of his like packaged meats got rained got rained down. Hey, that's a real, that's a, no one's ever put, I've never heard that one. That's a good one. So were they standing, they were standing in the field and it, and it hit them on the head? Like they know for a fact that it came from the sky. Yeah. So the, the Mrs. Crouch, she was, um, she was actually making soap, which was like a pretty smelly and hot job that you do out. You did outside because okay. you wouldn't want to do that in your house. So she, according to the report, she and her grandson were were both outside when it started to happen. And actually, I just reread the article from the New York Times last night, as it would so happen. She said several of the pieces were, most of them were like snowflake sized, but there were a few that were one, two to three inches, you know, like, like chunks, right? Those are sizable chunks. They are sizable chunks. <laughs> so we're talking like maybe slightly bigger than stew sized slash stew size. In some cases, gotcha. I think probably, I think you could probably count on most of them being ideal for stew, but a few pieces were, um, were larger than stew chunks. Okay. What if an extraterrestrial being had somehow eaten a bunch of earth creatures a bunch of meaty ones and then threw up 
blue chunks, if you will. Oh, I will. All over the ground. Again, nothing is off the table. Like there's, 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 we don't have an answer. Uh, so all of these are valid. So these are our theories. <laughs> Mick, I would love to hear what are some of the leading theories? Yeah. So at the time period, there were, there were a few theories that were pushed forward. One is that it was not meat at all, but it was this thing called Gnostic, which I think in the folk tradition is referred to as star jelly, which is like this mold or some sort of spore or something bacteria-like thing. I don't know. I think it's a cyanobacteria. I don't know what that word means, but I I, I know that it's attached to this thing. Um, <laughs> and when it gets wet, it it absorbs moisture. And so it looks like these globules. So that was one suggestion. But, but the people who tasted it, and there are specimens uh, that didn't dehydrate and return back to that. So, so that's not, I don't think that's real. There was also uh, someone who said that it was horse meat. And so it was speculated that, you know how like it happens from time to time that a whale will um, wash ashore and the gases will build up inside the whale and then it will, you know, rupture and explode. There was speculation that that had happened with a horse, but there was no like bones, nothing, you know, the, no one, it, it didn't seem to check out, right? So the leading theory and the one that I believe in is that a flock of vultures had all eaten and taken flight. And vultures have this weird defense mechanism where if they're in a group, uh, which I think if they're flying, they're called a kettle. That's the official name for a group of vultures in flight. Uh, if one member of the kettle of vultures barfs, they all do as a defense mechanism because they all ate the same thing. So they're like, oh, if that one's sick, like I, it's, I'm next, right? So I'm just going to, right? So if I was a betting man, I would put my money on vomiting vultures for sure. But again, we don't really know. Ellie, we're so close. Like vultures are pretty close to extraterrestrial, if you ask me. Honestly, yeah. This is such an incredible story and an incredible mystery. And we just can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing this with our listeners, Mick. So thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. I'll, I'll always talk about the meat shower. So in addition to the podcast, we know you have also written a widely available book on this very topic, the Kentucky Meat Shower, called The Meat Shower. And that's not the only book you've written. You have another one titled I See Lincoln's Underpants. Am I getting that right? You are. That's correct. It's called I See Lincoln's Underpants. Uh, and and tell me a little bit about the the sort of subtitle of that one, too. Yeah. OK. So, well, the, the meat shower is a is a traditional 32 page like picture book. By the way, uh, there's one specimen of the meat in the world, and it's in a museum in Transylvania University in Lexington. He's in a little jar. Uh, and so we made that meat the narrator of the story because uh, he wants to know where he came from, just like everybody else does, right? He's looking for answers. That's that's the that's the gist of that. Now, the I See Lincoln's Underpants is a different book. It's more of a chapter book, um, and there are 16 uh, biographies of notable people from history. Some of them are very familiar. Some of them are not. I mean, Abraham Lincoln is somebody that probably everybody knows. Annette Kellerman is probably someone that 
not everybody knows. Um, but they're all really interesting people. And the stories are much like the podcast. They're funny. They're interesting. They're engaging. But every single story somehow features a moment or moments when their underwear also enters the historical record. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, Abraham Lincoln's pants fell down one day while he was reviewing troops in the field. Uh, Annette Kellerman uh, changed women's swimwear but but also did so by raiding her uh, underwear drawer and in, in search of uh, some stockings to make herself uh, passable for a performance before the Queen of England, things like that. It's really great. It's there's there's fun stories, and if you like underwear, you know it's it's a win win. Well, Mick, thank you again so much for joining us and sharing your expertise. I'm so glad that I was able to be here with you. Thank you all. A mixed podcast, The Past and the Curious, is available wherever you get podcasts, and his books, The Meat Shower and I See Lincoln's Underpants, are available in bookstores now. We will also provide links in our show notes. That's it for this episode of Unspookable. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time as we dig into the histories and mysteries behind your favorite myths, urban legends, and scary stories. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice, or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100 plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me.